0: I love that intro, man, and the question is, do we trust God, right? And uh, that's what we're going to kind of unpack today. There's a lot of cool things going on, like the weather. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's nice to have a little cool weather. It's actually a little bit cool. Everybody's wearing their lumberjack shirts and stuff today and uh, looking cool. So uh, anyway, it's awesome uh, to be able to do that. And guys, don't don't forget the chili cook-off. Uh, It's going to be Tuesday night, so some of you ladies, if you don't mind, just kick him out of the house. Just tell him he can't stay home. Tell him he's got to go. And uh, it'd be a good time to hang out with some of the guys and just kind of connect. And hopefully, as iron sharpens iron, we'll be able to sharpen one another uh, in our time together. But today, we're we're diving into a new series called "In God We Trust." And uh, and and a lot of us, you know, and let me let's kind of get it rolling here. Talking about trusting God, most of us in this room would say that we trust God. You know, we 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 say that we do. And uh, the question is, do I really trust Him? And we'll trust him with things. We'll trust him with parts, and we'll trust him with pieces. But it's fully—it's full surrender. It's fully trusting. It's saying, God, I trust you with everything. And, uh, and so I think we, you know what we have to do today is we have to ask ourselves: Do I really trust God? now hopefully, we're going to kind of put put ourselves out there today, maybe do a test, and say, God, I want to see if I really trust you. And so most of us, like I said, would say that we we want to trust God. We want to, right? Like you want to trust, you know, that God is going to answer your prayers. You want to. We want that. I think most of us, like probably 100% of us in here and everybody that's watching online would say, I want to trust God. But there are times that we can't seem to fully trust and we want to, but we're struggling with some things. And then there's some that might say, God has let me down. Maybe there's a prayer that you prayed that didn't, it went unanswered. You know, maybe uh, a marriage didn't make it. I was th- I'm excited about that marriage conference that we're doing and uh, looking forward to being able to invest in marriage. But maybe, you know, when you saw that, it was kind of like it hurt a little bit because your marriage didn't make it, you know, or whatever. And maybe maybe your, your spouse wasn't willing to change. And so there's times that we can go, man, I, I want to trust God. But God, you know, you've, you've let me down or you didn't answer the prayer. You didn't do what I thought you should have done. And, and we often, you know, we, we have in our mind what God should do, right? We, we know better than God sometimes what we think. But the thing is, is God knows better than we do. And, and so we've got to be able to say, God, you know, I really want to trust you with everything. With my, with my marriage, with my family, with my kids, with my my career, uh, with, you know, with everything. God, I don't want to, I want to trust you with my finances. I want to trust you in every possible way. So today we're going to look at a, a story. Most of us know the story. And, uh, you know, just knowing uh, this morning, last night, many guys know Israel is at war right now. And so this story, you know, is kind of a little bit different for me today uh, than it was, uh, you know, before. And even, and I share with you guys, even like going over and being on the Sea of Galilee, when you're there and you, you think about these stories, you go, hey, this is where Jesus. You know, call the, you know, the disciples. This is where he called Peter to come follow him. And, and so that's kind of what we're looking at today. But I know for our team who went to Israel, we were over there just a couple of weeks ago. You know, all of that in the news, you know, hits a little bit different because you've been there, you've seen those places. And, and so as I was thinking last night, and even this morning, as we were praying for Israel, and we're praying for peace there, um, you know, I was thinking about how, how cool this story is and that you really it's all about trusting God. You know, it's about trusting God. So one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And so like I've told you guys, you know, we were there, it's a freshwater lake, it's a beautiful lake. And it's one of those places where you go, you know what, I, dude, I could live here. I mean, it's not, and that's where Jesus lives. So he had good taste too. You know what I'm saying? And so anyway, I was like, this is nice. There's parts of, of Israel you go like, dude, what are they fighting over? You know what I mean? Come on, dude. I mean, it's like a pure barren desert. And a lot of it's not pretty at all, but man, this place was gorgeous. And so he, he's teaching the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. So in other words, they're, they're done. They've been out all night. They've been, they're done. They're washing them. They're kind of cleaning them up to hang up to dry and, uh, and to get ready for the, for the next day or next night, if you will. Stepping into the one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, that would be Peter later, uh, to, to push out uh, into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So kind of like a little amphitheater. Everybody's kind of pressed in on him. So he literally gets in the boat, put it, puts it out a little ways. And Jesus kind of speaking up onto the, to the bank, if you will, to all the people that pressed in that want to hear what? The word of God. They want to hear truth. And So they're there. So when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, the nets, uh, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. And a shout for help uh, brought their partners in the, uh, in their other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish uh, and on the verge of sinking, about to go under. A really cool thing was while we were there, we found one of those fishing boats that—we uh, we found one. Somebody had found one, and they put it in a museum, so we're kind of looking at it, and you're seeing—but those boats were filled to the point of almost sinking— And so when Simon Peter, I wish I would have found it. Man, that would be nice, wouldn't it? So uh, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm, I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. I mean, he began to understand who he was and he began to understand who Jesus was. See, this is not the first time that Peter had met, uh, met Jesus. I think sometimes we think that's the first time they met. No, no. He had he'd been around him. He had been listening. He had been checking him out. But he realized at this point, hey, you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. Things had changed at this point. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. And his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. And so I want us to kind of look at a couple of things. And these, here's some things I think we have to ask for some help with this. And to be honest with you, man, in my own strength, my own doing, I don't know if I can get there. I'm pretty sure I can't. And so I have to ask. So God, help me to trust you when I don't want to. God, help me to trust you when I don't want to. Uh, y- y'all ever anybody here ever get that that point where you just don't want to do something you know like you know you should like kind of go into the gym you go man i know i need to go to the gym but i don't really want to and uh or you know but whatever it might be i know i need to go you know wash those dishes before we get into bed but i don't want to or whatever it might be and uh, we have a funny little story in our family where years ago we were at a water park and uh Christian uh my youngest one he was talking you know he was all hyped up about this big water slide and so we're talking and he was the talker so we're talking all the way up there and we get up there and and I said you ready to go and I put him on the 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 map and he looks up and he goes don't want to don't want to and I said oh you'll be all right why and he he's screaming bloody murder going down the thing and anyway when I get down to the bottom I'm thinking man you know, I don't know if he's going to be mad at me or what. He's like, eyes this big around. He goes, dude, that was awesome. Can we do it again? And I was like, yeah, we can. So we went back up and we did it again. But we joke about that when somebody says, hey, will you do this? We'll go, don't want to, don't want to. And, uh, you know, and so like one of the things Laurie and I, so when we get into bed at night. If Laurie ever gets into bed, she ain't getting up to do nothing. You know, I mean, like nothing. Like she'll leave a light on. Like, hey, you gonna cut that light up? Don't want to. Can you go do it? And I'll have to get up and go turn it out. I mean, she's like, she's in the bed. She's done. You know, like I'm snuggled in. I'm comfortable. I don't want to move. Isn't that right, Lori? Yes. She's nodding her head over. Yes. Yeah. So, so God help me to trust you when I don't want to. So here, are, there are times that God has said, "Hey, listen, I want you to trust me." And we go, "Man, God, I don't want to have to trust you. I just want you to take care of everything the way I want it to be." That's where we are. We say, "God, I want you to do what I want you to do." And so when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And look at the response. Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. We worked hard all last night. I, I don't really want to. It's pretty much what he was saying. He didn't have to preface what he did with that statement, right? But he just kind of wanted to know. And we do the same thing sometimes. We'll say, hey, listen, you know, I don't want to get up turn that light off or whatever, but I will, you know, whatever it might be. So the thing is, is, you know, he's like, God, I don't really want to. And I will just say this we have got to say, God, help me to want to trust you. We don't want to be in a situation where we need to trust God. And we've got to say, God, help me to want to trust you. And, and, and that may be him putting us in a situation where we need. To trust him completely. And so we got to say, God, I, I, wanna, I want you to help me with that. Here's another one. God, help me to trust you when I'm weary. When I'm weary. Man, sometimes we just get tired. Master, Master Simon replied, We worked hard all last night. I mean, he, he emphasized, right? All last night. We didn't catch a thing. And so there are times that we're weary, we're just tired. And uh, God may be telling you to do something. God's telling you to get up and move or to take a step. And we're going, Man, I am weary. And maybe you feel like you're weary and tired from battle. You know, you're, you're just kind of beat down from the attacks of the enemy. Or maybe you're just, you're just tired from going, 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 going. You're like, you know, I, I just need a break. I just need. But God said, hey, I want you to do something. And, and so we have to say, God, help me to, help me to trust you even when I'm weary, when I'm tired. Man, I feel like I'm shot full of holes. I, God, help me to trust you. And so what we're doing is we're saying, God, I need you to help me trust you. God, help me with my unbelief. God, help me to trust you when I'm weary. God, help me to trust you when I'm tired. God, help me by giving me the strength, giving me the, motiv- the, mo- uh, the motivation or momentum to get up and get going. God, help me with that. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I need you to work in me. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary. I love this out of Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. And then he said, come to me, all of you who are what? Weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. And so what Jesus says, hey, man, if you're carrying all this stuff and you're weary and you're tired, come to him. Come to him. You know, we're to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I, man, I've been toting this and it's, it's, been, it's been too much. It's too heavy of a burden. You know, one of the things we ask you guys to do often is to, man, to come to the altar, lay, lay things down. Those steps just become altars. And there's something about laying something down, by letting it go, by leaving it behind saying, God, I, I'm leaving this with you. And we do that in our mind, we do that in our heart, we do that through prayer. And here's the thing, I think emotionally, relationally, and sometimes spiritually, we just have to let it go and we say, God, I trust you. I'm trying to fix it. I'm just going to say, you've got it. You can do better than I can. And so it goes on and says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Man, there's so many people that just need some rest and some of us need rest for our soul. Maybe, man, maybe you're chasing everything that the world has to offer and you're just worn out and weary. But man, whenever you put your faith in Christ, maybe you're searching, you're trying to find everything to fill this void in your life. And I'm gonna tell you, it's a God-shaped void. Only Jesus can fill that void. It's not, it's not money, it's not anything else, not fame, it's not popularity. But you guys say, you know what? I want, I want Jesus to, to fill this void and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. He said, man, just trust me. He's saying, just trust me completely, right? A hundred percent, just trust me. And then here's the next one. God, help me to trust you when it doesn't make sense. There are times that God will tell you to take a step that doesn't make sense. Uh, I've shared this before. Whenever we were praying about planting a church, you know, I kept hoping that God would show me where we were going to plant a church before I resigned from my position. Uh, I was an executive pastor at a church and I kept going, you know, God, if you'll just show me where I'm gone, you know, just show me where. And uh, and, and it's like, God just wouldn't do that. And so whenever I resigned at the beginning of December in 2003 from the position I was at, the pastor said, hey, can you stay on through the end of the month? And I said, hey, man, I really feel like I need to be moving towards. He goes, well, you can go do whatever. He said, but I just need you for a few things. I said, all right. And so I didn't find out where we were going to be planning Journey Church until February. And so it's it's one of those things like, God, you know, God, me resigning from my job doesn't really make sense because I don't know where we're going. And uh, and so there's times it may not make sense but we got to be able to say, God, I want to trust you completely with everything, with my finances, with taking care of my family, with meeting the needs, having a place to live. And some of us go, man, that just seems crazy. But when God leads you to do something, you've got to trust him. And so God helped me to trust you when it doesn't make sense. There's a great story on the same sea, the Sea of Galilee, that takes place. We read about it in Mark 4. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started, and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. It says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion and the disciples woke him shouting, teacher, don't you care uh, that, you, that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked him, he goes, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And so here's, here's where the struggle comes in. Man, sometimes we, you know, we're going, hey, this doesn't make sense. And we're afraid to take that step. God says, just, just trust me. So what Jesus is addressing here is faith. He said, hey, listen, the more that you have faith, the less that you have fear. And there are, there are so many Christians, there are so many believers that live in fear that should not be living in fear. As your faith grows, the fear goes down, right? We've got to be willing to understand it. And so Jesus says that. And the disciples were absolutely terrified, it says. He goes, who is this man? They ask each other, even the wind and the waves obey him. And so here's the thing, faith and fear are polar opposites. They're polar opposites. And you might see someone that says, uh, hey, well, you, know, that, you, you kind of live stupid faith. Well, here's the thing, faith and fear are polar opposites. As one increases, the other one decreases. And you got to ask yourself, man, am I, am I living by faith or am I living a life filled with fear? And you know if you are or not. You know, I mean, you just ask yourself, hey, am I living a life filled with faith where, man, I'm not worried about tomorrow? You know, I'm trusting Jesus. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. You know, I'm knowing he's going to take care of the needs of my life. Or am I living with anxiety where, man, I'm literally having to take medicine because I can't get over this. And I'm constantly asking my friends to pray for me because I'm anxious. Or do we go, you know what? Man, I am living by faith. I am laying things down. I'm letting God change me and transform me. And I'm sleeping with peace that God, only God can explain. The world can't even explain it. And so you have to ask yourself, where, where are you living? It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, because there's plenty of Christians that are wigging out every day because they're not living by faith. I remember meeting a guy who was a, he was a blind evangelist in, in Africa. His name was Dean. And when we got there, you know, we're talking and whatever. And uh, Ken said, hey, man, I want you to meet Dean. And Dean Collar was his name. And, and anyway, so Dean comes over we're talking or whatever and I said uh, I said Dean I said are you 100% blind he goes yeah I can't see anything he said like if I look towards the light I might be able to see that there's something kind of you know glowing in that direction he said "But that's it I can't see anything I said well who did you come over with I said I said who did you fly with he goes oh, I came by myself I said you flew from America to Uganda I said with nobody with you and he goes yeah I said dude there's no way I could do that he goes Mike the Lord tells us to walk by faith not by sight and I'm like, oh, he got me. I mean, he got me good. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, I, I hear you. I hear you. But he didn't. He went everywhere. I mean, he, he just, he said, God always put somebody in my life to help guide me and take care of me. He said, I trust him. You know who guided him that whole week? Me. A whole week, he would, he would, t- he would put his hand on my shoulder and I would guide him down the steps, up and down steps, anywhere, because he said, hey, listen, God put you in my life this week. And so we got to say, God, you know, I, I want my faith to grow and I want the fear to dissipate. I, I want to see the faith go, faith, I mean, I want to see the faith grow and I want to see the fear disappear. And so ask yourself, hey, do you trust God with everything? And if you're living with a bunch of fear in your life, then the answer is probably really, really clear. No, you don't trust him with everything. And, and so if, you're, if your trust and faith in the Lord is high, your fear and worry level will be low. It doesn't matter how much you have. Like you might say, well, well, I've got a pretty good bit of money in the bank account. And if you got a lot of money in the bank account, you start thinking, well, I'm I'm good and I'm not going to worry. Well, here's the thing. It can be taken away as quickly as it was given. So the thing is, you've got to be willing to say, hey, listen, God, I'm okay with where I'm at because I trust you for everything. So here's here's a a statement. I love this. You don't have to understand completely to trust God completely. Uh, I think about, you know, when things don't always maybe make sense. I think back to Gideon, where God, you know, whittles down an army of 30-something thousand men down to 300. Can you imagine Gideon, you know, the Lord says, hey, Gideon, you got too many men for me to deliver uh, the the enemy into your hands. And he's sitting there going like, do what now? And so he whittles it down from 32,000 to 300. And that doesn't make sense, right? But here's the thing, Gideon, you know, trusted the Lord. Now, he didn't trust really strongly to, in the beginning because, you know, we know about Gideon's fleece where the dew had to be on there one day and then it had to be dry the next day. And you're going, all right, he was testing the Lord. He wanted to make, hey, just want to make sure that you're who you say you are and that I should follow you. But Gideon, man, he literally defeated and they didn't even hardly have to fight a battle but, because he trusted God and God proved himself faithful. And so there are times we don't, you don't have to understand completely to trust God completely. But if you say so, I'll let, down, let, let the uh, nets down again. And this time, the net, nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. So Simon says, hey, listen, but if you say so, it doesn't make sense. I don't have to completely understand. And he's probably going in his mind, I'm a professional fisherman. We have fished all night. You know." And Jesus, you're a carpenter. You're a carpenter and a teacher. But he says, but because you say so. And so think about that. So here's Simon who he's thinking I know the water I know how to fish I've got nets I've got boats this is what we've done for a living our whole life he says but because you say so I will do it and I love that but if you say so I'll let the nets down again and so I you know I think we have to ask ourselves sometimes you know God if you say so then I will listen I will lay it down there's been times whenever God has laid it on my heart to give to a missionary or to give to somebody, just, to, he just said, Hey, listen, I just want you to give this amount. And in my mind, I start doing my math and I'm going, You know, I don't know if that's really good for our family. I don't know if I really need to be doing that. But God, because you say so, I'm going to trust you. Now, I, you know, now it wasn't immediate obedience. I'll be straight up with you. I might have negotiated a little bit with God, but I'm just saying there are times that God says, Hey, just trust me. And I'm just telling you, He's never let me down. If he tells me to bless somebody, somehow he takes care of me. And, and so we've got to be able to say, God, I trust you. And so it, it says "There, the nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. And can, can you imagine Simon going, man, I'm a terrible fisherman. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know anything about fishing. I thought I did, but I really don't. And so he's, he's going, hey, guys. And they get out there, and both boats are about to sink. And all of these guys are probably going, man, we really probably need to find a new profession. Maybe that's the reason they follow Jesus. I don't know. But, man, all of a sudden, everything changed. So the shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. So when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. What I love about that is that Simon, he saw that Jesus was, he was the son of God. He was the Messiah. He was the promised one. And he knew how undone he was. And I don't know about you, but there's so many times whenever I'm praying, and I I I, I literally you know, I think I am so undone. I don't even, I don't even feel worthy to be praying to God or to ask for forgiveness again and again and again. But I'm sitting there going like, God, you know, I don't feel worthy, and we're not. But the thing is, is because of Jesus, we are. You know, what I'm saying it's His righteousness. But but he said he realizes, man, how undone he is. He realizes, you know what, Jesus, I don't even need to be around you. But the thing is, is that's exactly what Peter needed. Peter needed to be around Jesus. And Jesus knew that too. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others. And so Jesus knew that he needed to to be a part of that. But he says, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. So let me ask you, so if God is telling you to let something go, to lay something down, what's keeping you from saying, God, because you say so, I will. What's keeping you from taking that step of of faith, of trust, of obedience? And so what is it that maybe, you know, you feel that God is saying, hey, do this. Sometimes a single step of obedience leads to a second step with more understanding. So here's, here's what I love. If we look back at the passage that we just read, the step was because you say so, I will. So Peter, you know, or Simon gets back in the boat. His guys get back out, they go back out and they let the nets down. So the single step of obedience was, because you say so, I will, right? Because you say so. I'm I'm tired, I'm weary, I don't understand. I mean, this makes no sense, but because you say so, I will. And so they get in the boat and they go out. So that single step of obedience led to more understanding. So when they start pulling the nets in, he understands this is the Messiah. This is the one that controls all things. This guy has the authority to literally control things that I thought I understood. And so that single step of obedience led to a second step of pulling it in, and then another step of going, I don't even need to be around you. I don't even deserve to be in your presence. I mean, I, I, I'm a sinner. I am messed up. I am broken. And so that single step of obedience, like I said, will often lead to more understanding. So it's that baby step of faith. It's putting one foot in front of the other and before you know it, man, you're, you're beginning to understand things. And, and so sometimes. Like I said, it just works that way. Sometimes we won't understand until later in life. I mean, there's things that we, you know, we don't understand in the moment. And we get further down the road, and maybe, you know, we always say twenty twenty, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We get down the road, maybe six months, maybe a year, sometimes twenty years, or maybe a lifetime, and you look back and you see how God was orchestrating your steps. How you would have never got to where God has you if you hadn't been obedient. But it takes that step of faith. I mean, I think back to, you know, God telling me that this was the area, making it very clear. It became a, almost like a dump truck load of, of confirmation that this is where God wanted to plant Journey Church. And when I look back, you know, now I see how God orchestrated things. I see how he met our needs. I said, I see how he met our financial needs. There would be like the very first mailer we ever sent out to the community. You know, I, I met so many people that didn't even know where the YMCA was in, in uh, Millbrook that lived here for all their life. And I'm like, how do you not know where it's at? You know, and so we, did, we sent a mailer out and we didn't have money to pay for the mailer. And I, we met with us as a team and I said, hey guys, I said, just so y'all know, we you know, we got to let everybody know where we're at. And uh, so we sent this mailer out. Didn't have the money to pay for it. That next week, we had a $10,000 check that came in that paid for everything and, and more. And it was an anonymous check. I don't even know who it came from. But somebody said, hey, here's $10,000 because we believe in what God is doing here. And, and literally, we saw God bless that. And we had And That first week, we had over 200 people, The very first service, over 200 people come. Now, a lot of those were family and friends, but about 120 of them were people from the community. And we saw six professions of faith that day. So when I look back, Now, i look back and i see how God has blessed faith. And we had to take steps of faith. And we had to say, you know what, God, it don't make sense to, you know, to print things that you can't pay for. But you know what, I'm trusting you. Because this is what you've called us to do. And so sometimes it's later in life you look back and you begin to see that. The outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. You got to trust God with the outcome, right? The outcome is his responsibility. The outcome is his responsibility. Someone asked the other day, said, Pastor Mike, do you think we're going to have enough people to fill up three? If I believe if, if I believe that, then yes. Three services, yeah. I believe that God is going to bless our church in that way, and I believe that our people are going to bring their friends, and I believe that, pr- that our people are going to, they're going to invite families to come and be a part of what God is doing here, and they're going to hear the gospel, and lives are going to be changed. That's what I believe. So here's the thing, I'm being obedient to go to those three services. Do I want to preach three times on a Sunday? Not necessarily, but you know what? If that's what it takes to reach people, then yes. And somebody said, hey, what if all three services fill up? Or you know, their question was, hey, do you think they'll all be full at the beginning? I said, probably not. I said, but here's the thing. If they are, then we've got to talk about a fourth service, right? That's how that works. If all three services are full on that, on that first day, then we got to start talking about a fourth service if we really want to reach people. And so we've got to say, God, it's, a, it's about you being responsible for the outcome. So here's another. One. Lord, help me to o- obey even when I don't understand. We talked about, hey, it doesn't make sense, but sometimes we just don't understand. Like you know, it's like I don't understand. Look at what it says here. Proverbs three five and six. A lot of you guys probably have this memorized. Trust in the Lord with all of your what, all of your heart, everything. That's the very core of who you are. Everything. I trust God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. You know, man, if I depended on my own understanding, I would fall short a lot of times, right? And so we've got to go, God, I don't, it's not about what I can figure out. God, it's about what you're in control of. And so God, I want to surrender to that. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. The more that we just trust him, the more that we surrender to him, he will illuminate our path. That's what his word does, right? It's a light under our path. And so we, we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we seek him, not our understanding. Psalms 20 verse 7 says that some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So there are a lot of people that, and Christians as well, that they're so caught up in one man to represent their party to save America. Let me tell you, our trust has to be in God, not in politics and not in some man. It has to be in the the God of the universe. And our, our, our trust, our hope is not in in, in politics. It's not in parties. Now, do we want godly men leading our country? Absolutely. Do we want godly people in places of a position of responsibility? Absolutely. And we need to be praying for that. And we need godly people in those positions. And here's the thing, we need somebody that can withstand the temptations that come whenever they get in those positions and they become corrupt. We need someone that can stand firm in that. But we need to be praying for that. And here's the thing, we're not, we're not trusting them to save us. We're trusting God to, to, to work, to change hearts, to change souls, to change people's minds. And to give them strength to stand firm. Uh, so our trust can't be in stuff. It's got to be in the God of the universe. So they left everything and followed Jesus. I love this. They left everything and followed Jesus. There's a lot of us in, in this room that if God said, hey, listen, I want you to move in this direction. You couldn't leave some things. You, could, you, you wouldn't. You would, you would justify why you can't be obedient to that. But man, they left everything. They left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. as soon as they had landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything to follow him. I remember when I put my faith in Christ for salvation, I'll be honest with you, I had to leave some friends. I couldn't be around them anymore. Not until I was strong enough to reach out to them. I just couldn't do it. Because if I got around them, I wanted to do what we'd always done and what we'd always done didn't honor God. And so I had to say, God, you know, God, I've just got to, I've got to pull back. And maybe God's calling you to, to step away from something, to, to leave some things, to lay them down. One might be worry. He said, hey, me quit being, quit worrying about everything. Quit being so anxious about everything. I want you to trust me. So not, not only lay it down, but just let it go. Leave it behind. And say, from this point forward, I'm trusting you completely. But they left everything. they trusted Jesus with everything. And we read that and we go, that's great. That's a great story. Uh, man, they're awesome. They're apostles, Mike. I'm not. But here's what I would say to you. God is calling you and he's calling me to trust him with everything. Yes. Jesus say, listen, just trust me with everything. Trust me with your marriage. Trust me with your kids. Trust me with your career. Trust me with your future. Trust me with today. Trust me with tomorrow. Just trust me. And that's what faith is, right? And the more that I put my faith in who Jesus is, man, and what he, he can do and who he is, man, the more that I grow in my confidence in, my, in who I am in Christ, and the more fear dissipates, the more that anxiety goes away. Instead of laying in the bed at night trying to figure everything out like some of us do, and worrying and fretting and, and just, you know, trying to manipulate even maybe, we say, God, I give it to you. God, I'm asking you to let me sleep and we let it go. And we surrender everything to him. These guys surrendered what they had always done for something better. They'd always done fishing. But they said, "We leave everything." They left their boats. They left their nets. And they followed Jesus. And I would just ask you, you know man, do you trust Jesus enough to surrender everything? Or there's certain things that you're just holding on to. And those are the things that give you the most anxiety. And so my encouragement today is that we would trust Jesus completely. And that we would surrender everything to Him. See, I believe that the Holy Spirit is working in hearts in here and those online. I know we've got a lot of teachers and families that are out this week. It's fall break. And hopefully you're watching from somewhere online. And my prayer would be that you... We trust Jesus with everything. You would surrender. We've been praying all morning for the captives to be set free. And see, I believe there's a lot of times there are, there are Christians that are living in captivity of fear and anxiety that, man, today may be the day of freedom for you. That's our prayer. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I don't know what Jesus is saying to you, But if he's saying something to you, if he's speaking to you, if he's putting his finger on something in your heart that you're afraid of, I think he's telling you to trust him completely. Maybe you're here today and are watching online. You've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. You've been trying to get better at what you think you need to do in order to be right with God. I've been trying to earn salvation. I've been trying to get your life straightened out, trying to get everything worked out. And really, it's just surrender. It's just saying, "Jesus, in my brokenness, here I am." You know, even Simon was like, "Lord, you don't even need to be around me. I'm, I'm too sinful." But we have to remember that's what Jesus came for—was to pay for the sins of the world. And so when Jesus went to the cross and bled out his precious blood, he was paying for your sins, whatever they might be. He was paying for those so that you wouldn't have to. And he's offering to you salvation, eternal life, peace, freedom. So maybe that sounds pretty good to you and you go, man, that's exactly what I need. Then I want to encourage you just to put your faith in Christ. Just say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Will you come and live within me? His answer is yes. Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. And so that's relinquishing maybe what you've always done for something better. That's repentance. And you say, Jesus, I want the life that you offer. So Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm asking you to come into my life, to be my leader, to be my Lord. And if you just prayed that prayer, man, I would love to know. We'd love to walk with you. If you are watching online and you prayed that prayer, Man, I'd love to know. You can text my decision in 94000 We'd love to know. We'd love to walk with you to talk about next steps. If you're here in the room and you prayed that prayer, if you would, would you just raise your hand and say, Mike, I prayed that prayer with you. Anybody in here? I'm looking around to see if there's anybody that raised their hand. It tells me there's a lot of believers in here. And I, my prayer is for the believers today as well that maybe you would choose to let anxiety go and fear and begin to walk by faith like never before. That you'd be willing to leave some things behind in this room today for what Jesus says is better. In just a minute, the worship team is going to lead us in a song of response. Now, I just want to encourage you to respond however the Holy Spirit leads you to respond. Maybe you need to walk down through the altar and let it go. You know, drop the nets and just say, Jesus, I'm leaving it with you. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. God I thank you that you are trustworthy you have proven yourself faithful time and time and time again Jesus I'm thankful that you went to the cross to bleed out your precious blood to pay for my sins so that I could be part of your family I could be one of your followers I could carry your message to the ends of the earth Lord I pray that we would just be obedient to respond to whatever you're saying today because you say so we will in Jesus name we pray amen